Mysterio, 619! Come on, Ray, dropping the dime! Ray Mysterio for the United States! Yeah! Here is your winner, and the new United States champion, WWE Hall of Famer, Beautiful of seeing Rey Mysterio with gold around his waist. I don't know, I'm a bit deaf in the left ear here. Calgary, what do you think about the Rated R Superstar and the Celtic War of Shame that's going on for the first time next week? I'll tell you what, fella. You swapped that PD Scotch for a nice pint of Guinness, and you got yourself a deal. I, the Professor, Mark Fantasia, welcoming you back to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. You know, I think last week it took me like maybe 10, 15 minutes into the show to even let you know what you were listening to, because we just go off on a tangent. But hey, welcome back. It's Wednesday, and you know that we're going to be talking about some news. We got Bring It to the Table. We got the Monday Night Wars, of course, and hmm, it's funny. Last week you gave a tease. You're like, oh, next week could be the week, and I thought about something different, and... I wish I had remembered what, what you were thinking at that time, because what I found out, I got really sad about. I can't believe we're at this time already in 1998 in WCW. Can't wait to get there. And, oh, yeah, man, we even have ourselves a movie of the week inspired by kind of the dark side of the ring, and we're going to get to that. I can't wait for all of this to unfold with ODM. Did you fuck my mom, Santa? Did you fucking fuck my mom, Santa? (laughs) Sonny. All right, here's the issue with that episode. That was a straight-to-DVD at first Oh, uh, special. It wasn't a part of the show or, like, a part of the seasons that that I know of because when my wife made me watch it, she had just purchased this. 
and you know, I was up at, at Watertown. She's like, you want to watch this? And I was like, eh, I don't know. She's like, you'll fucking love this show. You're going to like it. Everything's good up until Charlie biting Santa's fucking face. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. It's unrealistic. She goes, God, it, the show is not like this. She goes, this is just a weird episode. And it is. I had to start things over, but I didn't eh, I didn't really care for the Christmas episode. Oh, I thought it was pretty goddamn you... funny. All the flashbacks, him realizing his mom was a prostitute on Christmas. Yeah, and then and I'm opening the presents, and I'm like, what's the angle here? And I'm like, you see the family at the top of the stairs. All right, grab it. Let's go, let's go. You never had such a Christmas tradition. You go to somebody else's houses, you take all the presents, and then you run. That's why there were no presents at my house, because somebody, my neighbors took them all. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It's so good. And his mo- the the ladies that play the mothers. So you got Max mom and oh God. Charlie's mom. Yeah. They're both just hysterical. Oh, fa- fucking fantastic. Remember the Golden Girls episode where they try to get them to move in together? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. That and then you also have Max mom. She was the mother in Napoleon Dynamite. Oh yeah. Or the the grandmother in Max mother in Napoleon. Yep. Yes. Yep. And I love when Dennis is like, "Don't you find me attractive?" No. I don't. That's not, like that's how most she talks. She just gives you like one word answers Gross. while smoking a cigarette every fucking time. Great show. If we haven't told you, check it out. All right. <clears throat> it's been a couple of weeks since we've actually opened a show talking about this guy, but we're there. Um, CM Punk is making headlines again. Uh, he went rogue Saturday night on a mic after the show and off the air, thankfully. And it's supposed to be a way that they were supposed to prep the crowd because then ROH tapings were going to be right after that. And instead, this dude just lays down another little pipe bomb about hangnail Adam Page. And the sound bit was in the beginning of the show. You heard it. But uh, a peg warmer. That's why he's the hangman. That's great. a peg warmer because God damn. Now. Did you read the reports about people leaving the arena? Not like fans, but like wrestlers. Well, I know about two of them. Yep. So, Hangman was actually there. Supposedly going to be doing a pre-taped segment in the back. But he was asked to leave. And I guess he left before this punk thing, which is obviously, it was probably all stemming from that. The other person was Dolph Ziggler's brother, Ryan Nemeth. Or Nemeth, however you say Nemeth, it. Nemeth, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, during the brawl out, that whole thing, he took side with the Bucks, and he actually had a lot of things to say on Twitter. And he was brought in for this collision taping, or maybe doing uh, Ring of Honor. And he was out the door. I assume punk had some stroke on that one probably so basically so the, i remember the the tweet from nemeth was i think it was after his return either his initial return or one of his returns from injury uh nemeth tweeted uh quite possibly the softest guy in the whole world deactivated his twitter after that yeah yep so i think that speaks volumes but fuck it I mean, obviously, these people fucking are. If they're good, if you're gonna side with children, then you're gonna get treated like children. That's my hot take. Fair. So, goddamn, the dude is at it and making 
headlines with taking shots at his own roster, his own team, right, if you will, publicly. Is he staying around? Do you think he's going to stay in AEW? I, I, not like he's going anywhere else, but I just, I'm like, <clears throat> here's my thing. Is he too much trouble at this point? I Well, okay, so the easy answer, no. They'll keep him around. They'll stick him on ROH. They'll, they'll do something. They'll do something with him. I don't think they're just going to necessarily let him go unless fucking Punk makes a stink and, like, get rid of this fucking guy. What I'd like to see is, you know what, with all the fucking bullshit signings AEW makes, all the talent that they have wasted with, you know, signings that were supposed to mean something. And this isn't going to happen. I have no zero confidence this will happen. I'd love for Dolph Ziggler to show up and tag with his brother. Spend the rest of your career getting your brother over. Because from what I've seen, the limited I've seen with, uh, with Ryan is he's got it. He's got some charisma. You could do something with him. I, but unfortunately, I've seen him more on just camera than actual working. So I don't even know how well he works in the ring. So I just know his brother is uh, Dolph. Pretty <clears> much. <throat> that's all he's known for. And he looks like him. Yep. And to quote, I'll even give it to them because it was funny. When I first heard about this was listening to the what culture thing. Uh, they go, easily the top two of the Namath brothers. Or Namath <laughs> brothers in wrestling. Which I, I thought was funny. I. Uh, I don't know, man. I, it's funny. We're close to the all-in pay-per-view. Hangman's going to be there. Punk's going to be there. We know the Bucks are there. Kenny's going to be there. Um, we're actually going to find out tonight on Dynamite what Kenny's plans are. And I'll get into that in a little bit. I found uh, some rumored matches, and I'm a little disappointed in, if you will. Uh, but let's get into some of the other news here when it comes to the G1 Climax. Now, I will say, I was wrong. Did I already correct myself with this? You yes, did. we had the quarterfinals. You did. you did. We had the quarterfinals, and here's how it went down. And some of these actually were a little bit of an upset. Evil went over Sonata, which is big. Now, Evil is a former IWGP heavyweight champion, as well as a part of the Bullet Club. And he defeats the world champ, Sonata, during this tournament. Moves on to the semis. Okada, as we knew, was going to, defeated Zack Sabre Jr. Will Ospreay defeated David Finley. And then Tetsuya Naito defeated Hikileo. Now, semis, I got a little upset. Okada went over evil again, as I thought he would. And you and I were texting, and I said, it's got to be Ospreay. I don't think Naito's going to go over. Naito defeats Ospreay. In what I actually will now say is probably top five matches of this entire year so far. Really? Of any company. Yeah. It was, I went and watched it after I found out. And I was like, oh, I accidentally saw a spoiler. And I was like, fuck, I'll still watch it. Hmm. Um, crowd lost their mind for Naito. They were fully behind him. Uh, it was just a great match. And I was like, okay, but Okada's going to beat him the next night. No, man. Tetsuya Naito went over. And won the G1 Climax 33 championship or whatever, or the tournament. And we'll go on to January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom, and face whoever is the champion at that time. And coming out of the G1 Finals that night, you know, New Japan style, just tag bout after tag bout, with at least four on each side. Mainly 
comprised of everyone who is in the G1 climax from all four blocks. And what was great out of it is one team I loved. You had Gorillas of Destiny. Tongaloa's back. You know, he was injured for a little bit, a little bit. Um I didn't realize that his name is the Silverback. Oh. Tongaloa. I was like, interesting name. Uh so Tama Tonga was there. Their manager, Gato, G-E-D-O, Gato, I think that's how you say it. Because there's J-A-D-O, who's with the Bullet Club, and then there's Gato, who's with right. uh, the Gorillas, And they teamed with Hikileo, so their brother, and then El Fantasmo, who apparently is now face, and he's been teaming a lot with the Gorillas because it's basically all guys who were booted from... Bullet Club, and now they're going after guys like Finley. Finley holds the never open weight championship. Tamatanga holds it up, says I want it, gives it to him, and then as they're leaving, God damn, I it's old school Tamatanga. Fuck you, a oh, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, you ain't shit. Fuck you. Just kept doing it, like right at the camera while they're sitting there, like looking down at the guys at the bottom of the ring. I go, God, I love this guy, and. You'll never guess who got the pin in the match. Tonga Loa is one of is the one that actually put the pin. Hmm. It, it was I was kind of impressed. <clears throat> Maybe it was the return. Uh, Maybe because of the return. I think it is. Yeah, looked good. I mean, he even he kind of popped for the pin. You know what I mean? Like he got up and was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like excited about it. You don't see people actually. Normally they get up like, "Of course I was supposed to win that match," but this guy looked like even he was surprised that he won the match. Right. And they don't do that in Japan, you know. Uh, also though, on that night, every freaking tag match after it was over all eight men would be face to face with someone in the ring and it's like they're trying to set up our next round of feuds every match had one eddie kingston with aaron hanare who's a part of the uh united empire with will osprey cobb and, and those guys uh evil def- ended up uh so it was bullet club they defeated just five guys, burgers and fries. And after the match was over, Evil and the crew beat the shit out of Sonata. And he actually tore uh, a tendon in his bicep or tricep, one or the other. Uh, they had him handcuffed to the top rope. Not handcuffed, they used uh, zip, pie, uh, zip ties. And he was dangling to the outside, kind of looking like, you know, Christ on the top rope, dangling down. Uh, which is funny because he's so big that he was pretty much almost touching the floor anyway. <laughs> but it looks like Evil is going to be going after Sonata's championship. But the one that was very, very big, and I, I can you do me the favor and say his name, the one that, that is in Los Ingobernables de Japan. Uh, Yodi Suji, Yoda Suji. Okay. This is a big dude. I didn't know who he was. And I knew that this is a guy that did have a match recently with actually Sonata and a couple other guys and had a great showing. But this is my first time really getting to see him. Big fucking guy. Can wrestle. He's like just a touch short shorter than Hikileo. And for those of you who don't watch New Japan, we're talking about Big Bill size. You know, Big Cass, Big Bill. Uh, and he pins... Will Ospreay in this tag team match holds up the United States Championship saying, this is what I want. But 
We all call it the United States Championship. You, you can. If you look closely at the title, Will had the part of United States taking, taken off of it, and it says United Kingdom. Such a heel tactic. I love it. And people in Japan obviously <laughs> hate it. I fucking love it so much. Yep. That's right. Yeah. 100%. And I watched, you know, the Naito-Okada match. It was really good. I actually kept thinking Okada was going to go over, and he didn't. But uh, I was okay with it, man. Naito, he's had a couple of random runs at the title and stuff, but he's been out of the picture. But he's not. I I kind of looked at him a little bit like Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, just kind of old, right? Yeah. Uh, you watch Tanahashi matches, you could see the, the age there. Oh, Naito definitely. was keeping up with Osprey. Very, very well. Mm. And Okada and him had another classic with each other. So I may have misjudged Naito winning the whole thing. I'm okay with it, watching this. But it's the obvious root of whoever the champion ends up being, Evil or Sonata, both were History. in LIJ. LIJ, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, um, the only thing that I can think of for like an angle necessarily is, you know, Naito had uh, that run... Was it right before the pandemic or right at the beginning of the pandemic? I think it was right before. Right before. And honestly, felt like it was kind of short and lackluster. Yeah. So maybe this is going to be kind of the redemption. They're going to try it again. I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm okay with Sonata and Evil having it, but they also just don't feel like your Okada Tanahashi. I'm, again, still extremely surprised that Osprey is nowhere in the title picture right now. Right, and he had the same uh, thing. I think he was the run right after Naito. Yeah. Yeah, so... I still want Tamatanga to be in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping, man, next year, you never know. Uh, so, it, overall, good G1, and it's funny because Naito's after speech, I didn't understand a goddamn word. I don't like watching the English version because oh. I just... As much as I like Kevin Kelly, right? it's... I hate the... Destino! And I knew I was in for a Naito match, and I was like, no, we're doing it in Japan, in Japanese. Uh, but Naito, after the match, just went, ah, blah, 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 just kept going and going and going. And then he goes, ah, los, Igor. I, I knew that one. But the only thing I knew is when he announced the, the team name. I'm like, ah, that's, yeah. Anyway, good show. If you didn't get a chance to <laughs> see it, find it. The, the finals did put on, uh, the semifinals and the finals were both two really good nights of wrestling. Now... On to a little bit more news. At Triple Mania 31, after El Hijo de Vikingo defeated Speedball Mike Bailey and two other guys in a fatal four-way for his championship, he collapsed backstage. And there's a picture of him, I'm sure that you may have seen by now, circulating that laying on the ground being attended to. Not a work. He ended up actually going to a local medical facility, as Vince Yikes. would like someone to say. <laughs> but no, he really did uh, collapse, hoping everything's okay. Uh, I can't wait for you to read this news. Go ahead. Yeah, so, and there's not much. I, listen, this next thing, I didn't even read the article. I think it's just funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a talking point based off the headline alone. DDP says MJF is the nicest person in the world. Listen, I know kayfabe doesn't really exist anymore, and it's hard. You know, it's going to be, hey, our top topic coming up is going to be, you know, based around that. But right, seriously, bro? Now, I guess the timing is okay because, you know, let's be honest, he turned face, you know, a month ago, two months ago. 
He's he's basically face now. You know, he's going to turn back heel sooner he's not. or later. But he's still heel. It was never an official turn like he's a good guy. It's just It's an natural angle. though. It's, it's, it's Max. I mean, cuz the crowd already was cheering him. They only booed him when he went out of the way to make them boo. Right? Fair. He has them eating out of the palm of his hand and right now he's a face. He's a face in the eyes of the crowd. They're booking him as a face. That's all there is to it. So but was that was that on purpose? Like, is he saying that now on purpose because of what's going on in storyline, or is he saying it Maybe. just because somebody asked him? He's like, "Oh, dude, he's the nicest guy in the world." You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny because he's the most realist or closest that can be to someone who does try to keep it kayfabe when it when he's being a heel. So yeah, like that's the one guy you didn't you shouldn't have said it about. But maybe you're right. Um, I hate to always sentiment anything that Eric Bischoff says, you know, and be like, hey, I, I agree with him. But I did agree on something. He said it's the stupidest fucking thing in the world that on the night that you are having MJF and Adam Cole go against each other for your world championship, they're also going to tag together in the pre-show. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't really care for it when they said it either. And I'm like hoping it gets backed out and someone else takes their place or some it was, shit. But It was confusing and out of place. Yes. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, we, all of a sudden we're going to get the Ring of Honor champion tag team championship. That's like, that's not even a fucking uh, AEW title. And the funniest thing is, Bischoff said he goes, nobody gives a fuck about Ring of Honor. Yep. Well, Sorry. And, and the only thing, and here, and here's the thing. I think I was trying to convince myself to like it more than I actually did. So, like the kind of correlation I made is, and, and Adam mentioned it in his promo, and even Roddy brought it up, and we'll get. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um. Adam obviously has a lot of history with Ring of Honor. So, okay, that that's fine. I mean, it's a stretch, but, I mean, it makes sense. But Roddy's whole gig at the end was, wow, talk about getting buried. Yeah. Fucking terrible. I just, why do those two guys have to work twice? Do you not have enough guys on your roster that you bought? I mean, like, this is the biggest wrestling show you're saying in history, right? You're calling it that. So... What are you having, five matches and everybody's going to do double duty? Not a fan. But we're going to talk about their booking really soon because holy shit. Yeah. You killed me. You texted me during Dynamite, and I was like, nope, not watching yet. But And when I did catch up, I was like, oh, God. Huh? All right. Um, So you have uh, you wrote here that Triple H uh, is to be removed from the board of directors. Yeah, so part of the merger, which is not official yet, you got to keep that in mind. That's something else I kind of looped it in with this one, is that the sale, the merger of Endeavor and uh, uh, WWE isn't going to be finalized. I think they're projecting right now the end of September, um, but it's not official yet. But as part of that, they're going to create a new board of directors, and it's going to be some from WCW, WCW, Jesus Christ, WWE, and some from, uh, you watched, you know, 1,200 hours of the wars in one year. You're gonna, It's going to catch up to you. Yeah. Um, and Endeavor's going to have one more board member. So maybe it's 13, Endeavor gets seven, WWE gets six. So it kind of keeps Endeavor as the parent company. Um, and there are some people that on the on the WWE board that will you know stay up be on the new board, but Triple H will not be one of them. Right, Nick Khan. <laughs> yeah, Nick Khan is one of the ones that's going to stay. Yep, I knew it. Uh, you know, the more as time goes on, every time I think I hate a wrestler mm. because the, you know, like Cena who's pushed too much, and then right. in the end, I'm like, oh, God damn, I just can't, I can't say no. I get it. You know, he's good. He's and. He got better throughout time wrestling, and yeah, if the crowd wanted to hate him, whatever. 
Same with me for Brock. I was like, this motherfucker comes around four times a year, and that's it. Now, in the last couple of years, we've actually seen him a lot more surprisingly. I, I was actually, like, more house, uh, not house, uh, TV shows. Before, it was just pretty much just straight uh, pay-per-views, maybe one raw appearance before that. Right, on the lead-up. And I'm loving him now. And, you know, we talked about last week, he put Cody over. Are you familiar with uh, country singer Zach Bryan? Is it Zach Bryan or Luke Bryan? No, there's a there's Luke Bryant or something like that, and this is Zach Bryan. No, I th- he's a little newer okay. and just hit mainstream probably within the last year. Mm. Uh, wife actually has been listening to him because he's it's country, but he has like that almost Avit brother kind of okay. feel to their bluegrassy kind of rock. Yes, hundred percent. You got you should really listen to. It. He has a song called "Hey Driver" that's really good. Um, but anyway, while he was performing on stage in Minneapolis. Country Brock makes his way out on the stage, and he goes, "Hey, it's a job, Brock Lesnar." The place lost their fucking mind, and I was like, "God damn! Could you imagine being at a, con- a concert and that happens? I'm like, that never happens to me, dude. That's bullshit." <laughs> I know, that's fucking insane. God, it, it was. And like, I'm telling you, the crowd really <clears throat> lost their shit too, which is because he's not just WWE man. That he was UFC known. You know, he tried to get yeah. in the NFL. He was a college wrestler and it's his hometown obviously, but it's, you know, he's pretty fucking known. Yeah, see, and that see that's a, see, that's a fucked up thing. I, I understand your your, your uh, position on Triple H and, and Brock and that's an interesting correlation that you kind of brought up there, right, where they were both golden children. So, different reasons obviously, but uh yeah. You know, here's the thing. I when I started getting back into wrestling, I think it was 2015, 2016 somewhere around there and I love Brock. I've always loved yeah. Brock. It was annoying where he just had that run where, yeah, he had the title and never wrestled, so it was just you had a phantom champ. That I did not like. I'll agree with you that. But I still... From, I did not from, like what he did to Kofi. For, oh, no. Still oh, not over bro, to Kofi. Bro, bro, Wheezy actually happened to be over, not to watch wrestling. Yeah, he just happened t- to be over. And I go, watch this. Yeah, he's you gonna, told I go, this. watch this. He's going to win in 60 seconds. <laughs> it wasn't even that long. Nine. <laughs> it wow. was... And that they did him dirty on that one. I, I completely agree with you, Okay. But, I mean, and, and it's funny because looking back with Triple H, I feel like I never had that opinion. But here's the thing. Triple H did get over. I mean, yes, he got over. You can say it was because Vince would give him nonstop opportunities, but he yep. still got over. It's really funny you say that because just recently I was just kind of scanning through some old SummerSlams. And, and, you know, we've talked about his run already in 98. He has been consistent. And tell me a bad Triple H match. Let's take Scott Steiner out of it from Royal Rumble oh, yeah. 2003 because that was just always going to be a disaster. He even made Eugene look fucking good as a wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, and, and don't forget same, the Booker like, T like, match. He made Booker look like shit. Oh, uh, well, there was that. Some things we got to look past. Not everything is gold, okay? Like I said, same with Cena. I did a lot of things I didn't like from him, yeah. but... You know, but you, you learn to love the guy after all. So same to me for, uh, for Lesnar. It's funny how all these years later I became a pretty big fan. I liked him, liked in two thousand two, two thousand three. I was like, eh, okay, he's cool. I like him, big guy. Right. And then when he left, even in my head, I wanted to be like, I knew he wasn't gonna last. You know, like I even back then, I was like, I just knew he wasn't gonna stay around. But I never pegged him for coming back. Never had you pegged him Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Did you peg Brock Lesnar? <laughs> anyway, 
My last bit of news is our probably going to be oh, one of our favorite things to talk beer. about. Oh yeah, let's get. Well, you know who had too many of those? Our top, not our top topic, our uh, dark side of the ring topic. I'm going to let you take the reins first. Go ahead, please. There's so many. I don't even know where to fucking start. <laughs> So it was Marty Jannetty. It was the shit show that this season in uh, in general is kind of a letdown. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. I feel really like good. they. I really feel like they blew their load that second season when yeah. they had the Benoit, the Owen, in some and of next those. season this was Pillman. Been, okay. So yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So this was Marty Jannetty. Um, and it was interesting. My favorite. My uh, one of my favorite things. Uh, Marty Jannetty is the gat. He's the yeah, gat. Yeah, but it's a, it, you. God's amusement thing or God's amusement toy. Toy. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. And it, you know, it started, you know, he was on, you know, he was a good athlete in high school and this and that. Um, it was great because they had a, uh, Mike Moran was there. Um, was it Pat Tanaka? Pat Tanaka. Yeah. Didn't even know the guy was still alive. Yeah, and I don't I know, mean that right? in a bad way, but like exactly. he was a wrestler that was in the tag team, the Orient Express. Yeah. And it's they, basically they a had job countless tag team. amount of ta- yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. kind of actually. But they went over the Rockers at a WrestleMania. Oh, there is that. So, yes, he was there. You had uh, some hag. I don't. I never caught her name. Maybe it was we'll her. Uh, yeah, it was. They said it was his St. Louis girlfriend or something like that. Yeah, his girlfriend that he was like. It's pretty much the closest thing I ever had to a girl or a wife or anything like that. Right. She had some jacked up teeth we're, we're gonna call her nancy i think that was what her name was um i, I think that i'm 80 sure but it doesn't matter she hates sean michaels oh yeah like with a passion 100 percent. but why do you hate sean and you even admitted you can't believe anything marty tells you yep. she says you can't believe a thing marty tells you mm-hmm. uh as well as uh like saying about how fucked up Marty gets, like, and she's been there for all of it, right? So she knows. But would anybody have done different? I think Sean did the right obvious thing by separating himself from what was a goddamn train wreck. He was getting fucked up all the time. Was, they got into a fight at the hotel. Yeah, but yeah. Well, that was definitely the, hear, the instigating incident right there. Right, but then you hear Brutus Beefcake go, yeah. He was kissing ass. He was a big ass. Again, kisser. I think that's the I think that's the real story right there. Is Sean wanted to move up. He knew how to kiss ass, and he didn't want to be with Marty anymore. I think it was both things. And let me ask you a question: Would you not do it? Anybody in the business, if you knew all you do is kiss Vince's ass, and you'd be the world champ for a better part of a year and a Hall of Famer one day? Yep. Is Marty a Hall of Famer? Nope. Nope. So yeah, and they dude's about, about to this. lose his foot. Yeah, they talked about this on Cornette. Brian asked him, you know. Would the boys like look negatively upon you? And he kind of gave a long, convoluted answer, but he's like, "No, he's fucking obviously they weren't good together anymore, so they split it up." And Vince saw Sean was going to be the the star, and that Marty wasn't. Um, yeah, what a Missy Beefcake? Oh, manager of Brutus. When the fuck did you manage Brutus Beefcake? <laughs> I don't know, but I gotta say, she was Jesus. She wanted to basically s the d of Marty Janetti. Marty, she was like, oh, he was just great to look at. And, oh, if I could just flash him right now. Like, saying this to the camera. And Brutus just sat there like, yeah, a lot of guys have taken a run of my wife. (laughs) Probably. I bet you Hogan did. 
Oh yeah, he, he was cuckolded. He sat oh, there. Oh, definitely. Anyway, definitely. but uh, you know what? So this... it was interesting because they did. So if you watch the Sean Michaels biography on A and E, they talk mm-hmm. about his up. You know, his be- getting into the business and him teaming with Marty, and then they're you know on the on the Indies or not the Indies, but the territories and stuff. You know, them working there, them being the Midnight Rockers, which is basically you know a mix of the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express, right? Yep. So, you know, they did that and this fucking the, the, the famous story. And I don't know how much we've talked about this on the show, if ever. These motherfuckers get signed to the WWE. They do a TV match and they go to the bar that night. They destroy the bar. They get fired the next morning. What was it? Blackjack Lanza or yeah, one of them was so, like yeah. he, he ate a piece of glass, like broke yeah, a draft right. glass <laughs> with his mouth, eating it or biting it in. He goes, what can you do? So Sean starts hitting his head, and they're all just basically beating the fuck out of each other and themselves just to get over in the bar, and these guys were fired the next day. Yep. Sent back, and they they did go and kill it on the indies again to get their way back, and they did, and they were pushed very well. Hey, they even won the tag team championship, Mm. but it was never aired. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if that's canon or not. Nah. So the funny, not funny, Jesus. Yeah. There are so many things in this episode, and it's funny because you said, I don't believe anything Marty said, but yeah, he killed that. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect summation. The whole show, the whole first half of the show, you can't believe anything that motherfucker says. He's just always talking, always talking shit, always talking shit. Then they get to the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, he totally killed that guy. Oh, yeah, he totally killed yeah. that guy. Yeah, he told me he killed that guy. I believe him. <laughs> Everybody flipped. Oh, my God. Al Snow was great in this, too, by the way. He was, yeah. Because he was Leaf Cassidy with uh, uh, with Marty and the Rockers for a little bit. Oh, the new Rockers. You know, but yeah. yeah. Um, we watched it. We, we sure, certainly did, and it's gone already. <laughs> he was great to listen to, but he said Marty is his own demise. You can say gat all you want, but that's a finger point as well. God just is, wants to do this. Now... This dude is saying, though, at the age of 13, working at a bowling alley, a co-worker. Oh, wait, by the way, this is a storyline. It's a wrestling So story he can line. get booked. <clears throat> He's trying to get booked. That was the... He only said that so he wouldn't <laughs> go to jail for life. He's like, oh, that was just a wrestling storyline. And then he even does the whole thing. He's like, well, let's supposedly theoretically we do this theoretically theoretically <laughs> it's like oj done he I, actually stopped I did saying, oj wrote a book called i didn't do it but if i did this is how i would <laughs> this is basically it, it is. which is funny because how you said but yeah he totally killed that guy it reminded me of in Dave Chappelle's stand-up, when he talks about meeting OJ, OJ came to one of his stand-ups. They're all hanging backstage. He goes, everybody's cool, yeah. And he leaves the room, and he goes, you know that motherfucker killed her, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, this was a very weird, it was a, the weirdest drop-off to the end of the episode. Because all of a sudden, he's like, but you know, theoretically, it could be a story. That's all line. I can give you. <laughs> Dear, and that part was like, Two segments. Yeah. That was half the show. <laughs> it was half the show. Dude, this episode was a Johnny Cash song. Oh, my God. <laughs> I killed a you man to in Reno. <laughs> Dear God, it was just... And like I said, this week's movie of the week inspired me from 
this. Did you get a chance to watch it? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't. Dude, let me tell you something right now, a little sidetrack. I sat through Slapshot. I've been been on a bender since Friday afternoon. Okay, but then put Sunny down for a minute. No. (laughs) No. All right. I can't sit down. We're we're glossing over one of the best part of the episode. The motor scooter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay, so you said, hey, I can't get this until later or whatever. Could you hook me up? I got you hooked up. And I think we were I watching it at the same you, time. I, pretty much same time. Like, I think we finished around the same exact time and <clears throat> work. Anyway, so the I go, yo, there's a spot that just made me drop my fucking jaw. <laughs> I can't wait for you to see it. And you text it back. Was it Mrs. Beefcake or was it the motor scooter? And I go, oh, it was definitely the motor scooter. This dude, while drunk, fired from WWE. Has a goatee, by the way. Is in India? I think I they're know, in some... India. Goes to a cop. Hey, man, can I drive your, your motor scooter? It's not even a motorcycle. It's like yeah. a Vespa. Yeah, pretty much. Something like that, yeah. And not only does he drive it, but the cop thinks he's going to do it on the road. He goes up to the hotel, goes up the steps. Now, Bellboy, for some retarded reasons, now, decides to uh, yeah, open the door the for door him. for him. Keep in mind, this is a five-star hotel. This isn't the days in, in India. In going easily, easily, 20 in the middle of this uh, hotel. In the lobby. In the lobby. Rides it directly into <laughs> these guys that are all sitting on a fucking fountain edge. And two fall in. <laughs> How no one even died is beyond me. Just gets and Marty up. gets off like, whoops. He just gets up and he's like, well, shit. He walks oh away. Oh, God. How did he not get arrested for that? Oh. And then him. There's no way he was sober. Oh, dude, he probably did get arrested. Dude, and then there's the, they have the Rockers reunion in, what, 2005, I think it was. Yeah. And. Then he starts telling the story. He's like, yeah, they offered me a million-dollar contract after that, but I got arrested for assaulting a hooker a week later. <laughs> gat. Gat. Fucking gat. You know what I mean? Gat, gat. <laughs> oh, my God. If you haven't seen this, please watch this episode. It was the only one of the season that was well worth it. Um, I think, like you said before, the Bash at the Beach 2000 was just – two sides just bitching at each other and right. there's no truth or anything. Yeah, to it wasn't a good it was I, I, no I would have preferred a documentary, Denetti's. like a history lesson, yes. right? Yeah. That would have been better. Ex- exactly. Janetti Jesus. It, I just the dude kills me. And then I sent you a picture today. There's a picture of him kind of cross-dressing in what looks like his own bedroom or looks almost like a college dorm room, but however he was living at that time, in front of a Rockers poster. <laughs> God damn! I gotta be honest. I'm shocked that Marty's alive after hearing some of these stories oh, dude. Dude, and the things that leg, he's done. His I'm ankles like, all fucked yeah. up. He's like got no ankle, basically. He has a cankle. <laughs> he does. Yeah, has a cankle. I like it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Gat's got a cankle. <laughs> all right, let's get into uh, oh, some of the things that happened this past week. You told me about it that Becky Lynch did the making lemons 
Or lemon into lemonade. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, turn you got lemons it. Into yeah, lemonade. Yeah, I can look at you. Yeah, yeah. I, I got the, the adage. Anyway, so. But then she shows up on Raw with said lemonade <laughs> and does Triple H's spitting of water. Spew. Good for her. I liked it. And in the same segment, Shayna Baszler came out and she had a really beat up fucking black eye mm-hmm. from the that fight with Rousey. And it's funny because Becky goes, you look a little rough there. And she goes, yeah, you should see what Ronda looks like. Oh, wait, you can't because I drove her out of the WWE. I was like, well, adios, Ronda. <laughs> yeah, it's that fucked up because Ronda. the last match. Yeah, because I don't know if you saw Ronda posted something and it said, I didn't have a reason to stay. Now I do. Like in, refer- in reference to Baszler, yeah. Oh, but oh, damn it. <laughs> it could just be fucking just, you know, her last shit talking from the grave. Yeah. We can. So hope. dynamite. Did you get to watch dynamite? Yeah, I was in and out of it. My wife was sucking my dick during it. So I missed part of it. But you can bleep over that. You, did you, <laughs> you say your wife was or you were? Yeah, I'm not that. Yeah, I'm not that bendy. <laughs> nah, I can't bend like that. So yeah, I watched. Jay, actually, you know what? Uh, I did miss. I missed the first segment that you're about to talk about. So yeah, well, lucky you. I know. Way right? too long, and it's everything that's been said over the last several weeks, mm-hmm. except in just one segment. Now this could have been an email. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> could have skimmed over this email. Uh, but yeah, Jericho Appreciation Society disbands, and now Jericho is going to have his answer for uh, Don Callis tonight on Dynamite. Which I think he'll probably take him up on. I still don't know. It's kind of weird that Cornette, he's Corn- going from leading a group. Cornette or Brian Last, one of them said something interesting, which I didn't see, which I can't say that I would necessarily like. Callus just takes on everybody from the JAS except Jericho. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Ooh, I like it. Good stuff. Oh, God, did you see the segment with MJF and Adam Cole at the trampoline park? <coughs> so I hated the beginning because it's a, is it as if Adam Cole already doesn't look like a child. He's Thank at a trampoline you. park. <laughs> Where the kids were bigger than him. Yep. But, oh, my God, when MJF picked up the dodgeballs and they had the music and him just beaning kids... I could not. That stop one little laughing. girl got <laughs> she got wrapped up so she was hard. Gat. Like I laughed out loud. She she was gat. She got gat. And then there's the picture of the boy that's laying there with his eyes open, his tongue hanging it's out. It's like, like a war dead. movie. There was yeah, oh my god, it was so good. Then the one girl talks uh, shit to him. Adam's like, "No, you can't hit kids anymore." The girl comes up, flips him off, and Adam goes, "One more." <laughs> the. Uh, the best part of that entire segment, though, was when they came to the ring and, you know, they're talking. MJF says to Adam Cole, you are so white and skinny that if this were the 80s, Hulk Hogan would have snorted you. <laughs> he is not going into to AEW anytime soon, I don't think. It's like a World Star video. Everybody in the crowd goes, oh! <laughs> seriously, did I... You know who probably clapped for that? Well, he had to put a straw down was TK. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute, what? Oh, he's not talking <laughs> about me. 
<laughs> Wait, someone's got coke? <laughs> In the what the fuck are you doing booking segment of easily the last two years that I have seen. So, last week, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, Dynamite 200, Hukaru Shida wins the championship from Tony Storm. We find out, through a graphic, that there are going to be four qualifying setups for a four-way match mm-hmm. at All In. And I say setups because, well, three of them are matches, and one person was obviously given the bye. And since it's a championship match, right, obviously it would be Hikaru Shida. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, she demanded her rematch, so she is going to... Tony Storm is the one getting the bye. Mm-hmm. And on Dynamite last week, Hikaru Shida had to qualify to get into her own championship match. In a non-title match, by the way. So let's just say she lost that match. <laughs> what the fuck? You know yeah. what I mean? I, I, she didn't, but... What the fuck were you doing? If I, Tony's hurt and she can't wrestle, then just fine. I don't get it, man. It makes it. I sent you that message. I'm like, am I fucking high or what the fuck is going on here? You were, but it, it, you were right, too. Uh, on Friday. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, in, you skipped over one thing oh, for Wednesday. What I miss? R. V. Oh Jesus! He didn't look bad. I am going to say there was one point where oh. he did that. Who who was he wrestling? Oh uh, yes, right, Jackoff. Um, yep. Jackoff was like, uh, you know, bent, he was like hung over the barricade, right, uh, with his head mm-hmm. on the side of the the floor. And RVD from the apron did his spin kick. He fucking murdered Jack Perry on that, bro. <laughs> that was stiff as fuck. He. Still looks good. He does. Um, for his age, very few moments where I was like, uh, he's not really able to keep up. He's great, man. I mean, you watch Lita, right? And I was like, it's like watching her, her underwater right now. Yeah. RVD just looks older, mm-hmm. but still moves the way that he did 20 years ago. He did all his shit. I think the match was wasted. You should have did it at Wembley. That crowd would have ate it up. Oh, 100%. It, even if he lost... Crowd would have been invested in that one. Right. I think you wasted that match. 100%. Good job, TK. Put the straw down. Yes, please. Okay, now can I talk about SmackDown? Now you can talk about SmackDown. In the I didn't have this called moment of the year, a Hall of Famer (laughs) wins your United States Championship. All this time that Austin Three has had this championship, and he drops it to Rey Mysterio. Okay. Yep. Your silence says everything for me. Yeah, I, I got and nothing. It was supposed to be Santos I, I, Escobar, but I thought uh, Escobar was he got win. attacked. Yeah. So did I, but it, he got attacked. The only thing I'm hoping for is Escobar goes heel, turns LWO on Ray. There you go. Beats him. That's there you that's go. Got to be it. If that 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 would be excusable, and it, that's got to be a short burn thing. That's got to be a short yes. burn thing. Turn that thing around. We're talking quick. like two weeks. Get yes. yeah, no, like a, a very very quick. Not even your next pay per view. Yeah. The only other thing I could think of is that that whole Mysterio getting hurt thing, which was obviously bullshit. Now, yeah, like maybe he really did hurt Ray, and WWE was like, "Well, you're getting punished. You're getting the Triple H treatment now." 
You know what I mean? That's the only thing I can think of. That seems like a stretch. Yeah, come on, man. Rich Holland's still wrestling, and that's true. He's fucking killing people left and right. Isn't he the reason that Big E isn't wrestling he's anymore? He's the one that hit the move on Big E, yes. There it is. Yeah, but he did one to... Didn't he almost, like, kill Corbin or someone else, like, not too long ago? He, Yeah, he's not good. Anyway. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he's on a roll. <laughs> and yet, he was in the SummerSlam Battle Royal. Yeah, well. It's funny because I was like, come on, how do you not have your tag champs at all on SummerSlam? Both of them are injured. Yeah. They're on the injured reserve list, but apparently they're going to be keeping the tag uh, tag championships for a bit. Uh, and that's my segue because that's bloodline related, right? You got tags, you got the Usos. Jimmy turned last week on Jay. This week, Jay Uso quits on SmackDown. Says, "I'm out the bloodline. I'm out the WWE. Uso out or whatever the fuck he said." And first of all, the amount of Joshua fought two memes. Of him going to AEW, right, is just it's so funny. I love yeah. it. Like obviously, we know he's not going anywhere. No, but it's just funny. No. Like the automatic. Well, they used to do it with like, oh my god, I can't believe this guy's here in the Impact Zone. Now it's this person is all elite, right? So it's it's funny. WWE are really sinking their teeth into this because if you go to their website right now, Jay Uso is in the alumni section. <laughs> Marks. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say kind of transparent, but okay. I'm liking it. He'll probably just show up and screw over uh, Jimmy at the next match or some shit like that in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's funny because someone was like, I can't believe that Bloodline has to be over. If you don't have the tag, if the Usos aren't together anymore, Bloodline's likely done, right? I'm like, uh, you still got Solo and Jimmy in there together. Who's to say they can't be a team for a little bit now and Jay keeps being main event Jay? There you go. Still... I didn't like them. I just, there's a small part of me. It's like, come on, man. You're like one of the only tag teams that didn't break up. You know? Yeah. It's you guys and the Killer Bees. Well, they could always come back together. Yeah, but you don't break. But then you broke up. I mean, it's like the Hardys. Every time I see them get together, I'm like, yo, you said that you set Jeff's home on fire and killed his dog. <laughs> get, I get that it's kayfabe, but still, I watched that shit. So it's just once you do it so many times. Like, Team 3D has broken up a couple of times. Which, I don't know if you saw, for the first time in like eight years, they're going to reunite at Impact. It's like 1,000 or whatever, something like that, whatever oh, shit. it's going to be. Yeah, I, it's going to be in September. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that. Uh, but also on SmackDown, Edge challenged Sheamus to a match for this coming Friday. And this is at the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Yeah. He said one year ago he wants to have his last match in Toronto if he could. Very little buildup, and I think maybe I'm not sure if he's just going to be like deuce and and leave. Maybe he'll make it a retirement angle, but I think he's going to say that was my last match, and that's it. Yeah, he. I mean, he could even just do a speech. He goes, you know, last time I had to come out here, I didn't have the opportunity, I didn't have the choice, and you know, stating what I was stating. He's like, well, this time I do. You know, yeah. that that'd be a good way to go. Back since what the beginning of 2020. <laughs> Yeah, Poor Edge right. came back in in pandemic times. The the worst right before, time I know, yeah. man. Like his his first match back was in the performance center, doing a reenactment of Benoit. Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> Still a good moment, uh, but on Collision, 
So you have the House of Black. They retained against Comforter. And God damn it. <laughs> I love it now. Did you see the shirt that Punk was wearing? No. So, supporting the uh, writers. Oh. Like the whole writer strike. It was it, pretty cool he was wearing that. Um, it's funny. The only reason I noticed it was because somewhere online, I had to go back and see it, but somewhere online someone was like, what a goddamn commie, blah, 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 or some stupid shit. And I was like, what you, the fuck are we talking about? And I looked, and I'm like, oh, just stupid Mark in his mom's basement. Not this Mark. But the ending of the match is cool because Punk was on the outside, and just as he was about to uh, fall down right near the railing, Joe came from right on the other side of the railing in the crowd, pulled him right over, and chokes him out in the crowd. He said he was going to do it if he didn't get his answer. Loved it. And two other things that I loved about Collision, Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. It's going to be a, a feud right now. And, oh, my God, am I happy just to see that both are actually doing something yes. of substance. Make it every uh, fucking thing that you can out of this. I'm all in on this. Hobbs, oh, no pun intended, Hobbs has his thing. It's the Book of Hobbs. And he said, whoever wants to come out here, or whatever, I think it was, yeah, or no, I think he called Miro out. And when Miro came out, he was met with Nick Camarade, whatever his name is, that real big hair guy. Yeah. Uh, and one other guy that are all part of the QT Cutie. Marshall's Q. Yeah. So it was a setup, but it's still going to lead to something. And I'm cool with it because Miro's on TV, Powerhouse Hobbs is on TV. I'm good. Yep. 100%. That's, that's all I wanted. And the funniest part of Collision. So last week, I don't know if I actually mentioned that after Punk retained against Starks, Starks actually took uh, Ricky Steamboat's own belt off and beat the shit out of him with it. Due to his actions, he is suspended uh, from wrestling for the next month. And he said, that's okay. I knew that was going to happen, so I went ahead and I got my manager's license. I'm going to still be here every week on Collision. And if not, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. Oh, God damn, I like this. Saturdays are really good, man. It's they're killing dynamite. They are it's dynamite is not anything good to watch. Collision is almost segment for segment great to watch. And the sad thing is it's gonna take a while to get those numbers up because and I think it's just a lot to do with the time slot. Yeah, they're still having a hard time competing. And you gotta figure now they're gonna to have to compete against they get they took a massive hit uh SummerSlam weekend. You know? That's gonna hurt you anytime that WWE does a Saturday night pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did hurt yourself on that. <laughs> and you Swap can't be em. like, oh, we're going to move it to Friday. Swap them. Yeah. Put Dynamite on Saturday. Fuck them. Yeah, well, I be for the better. So, yeah, we have uh, some things that we'll find out tonight on Dynamite, whether Jericho uh, will be with Callus. I, I really hope it's the opposite. Like you said, that thing would be fantastic. What a swerve. Um, but heading into All Out. These are the match. Or All In. I'm sorry. All Out, we have one match set. We have Darby Allen versus whoever the TNT champion is. For some reason, they felt they needed to set that match. Great. Before they even had a match for All In, they set that for All Out. I did find that kind of funny. But the matches that we know so far is the Real Worlds Championship, Samoa Joe versus CM Punk. It's not official, but it's happening, right? I mean, like the choke out, the yeah, challenge. I think it's pretty. Unless yeah. Punk throws down another shoot and becomes a gap then I think we're probably going to get that match. The AEW title will be Adam Cole and MJF, who will be facing Aussie Open in the pre-show for a stupid reason. 
AEW Tag Team Championships, the trilogy will be completed as FTR and the Young Bucks. Face I gotta off. stop you. I gotta stop you right there. Okay. Who do you think will win? Any of these matches or just that, that just tag? Just the Bucks and FTR. I want to say FTR because they just only somewhat recently got these titles. It'd be nice to see them I'm not hold asking, it a little longer. Yeah, take all that out of it. End of the day, who do you think is going to win? I'm getting there. But who do I, I said I want FTR to win. That's not what I asked you. But not what I asked shut you. Your fucking face. <laughs> Yo. Mute yourself. <laughs> Hear me out. It will be the Bucks winning. Oh my god, he really did turn the fucking mic off. What an asshole. <laughs> That's funny. Uh I think it'll be the Bucks. Because they don't have their trios tags anymore, and they don't have any titles. They have to have something to do to be on TV. It was okay during the war with Blackpool Combat Club and all that shit. I think it'd be the box. <coughs> Sad, but I think you're right. Yep. Uh, I think Adam Cole and MJF, it's going to be MJF winning, and Roddy's going to screw him over, like you said. Uh, but Punk and Joe... I assume Punk. Yeah, I'd assume. I mean, how punk. do you spray paint this championship? I mean, you kind of. Well, I had a championship for three weeks, and then I lost it. Right. But Swerve Strickland and Ar Fox—they're part of the Mogul Embassy with mm-hmm. uh, Prince Nana. They are facing Sting and Darby Allen. Swerve put out a cool tweet. He was like, "To all those doubters, said that I couldn't make it doing rap, and I have a rap album with this one guy." And he was like. Someone like a uh, like big name um, saying, I can't do anything big in the wrestling industry. Yeah, well, facing an icon in Wembley. Good for you, man. Yeah. And the AEW Women's Championship will be Hikaru Shida versus Saraya versus Tony Storm versus either Bunny or Britt Baker. We'll find out tonight. It would be the dumbest thing in the world to have Bunny go into this match and not Britt Baker in Wembley. Unless you have a one-on-one for for, uh, Britt having, you know what I mean? Like, uh, her and Thunder Rosa have their third match, some shit like that. Then stay away from it. Rumored matches are the ones that kill me the most. Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. Boo. Yeah, it gets better. Kenny Omega versus Hangnail Page, or and Hangnail Page and Kota Ibushi versus Bullet Club Gold and Konosuke Kuteska. Oh, you almost had it. See, now, <clears throat> the match that I heard, that I saw reporting on, was Omega versus Takeshita. If that is the match, I'm all for it. 100%. I I said I it was going to be Jericho and Takeshita versus Omega and Ibushi. And, yep, yep. Uh, so we'll find out. We're going to find out tonight. Uh, the other match that is rumored is the Best Friends and Eddie Kingston versus the Blackpool Combat Club. But as of maybe about two hours ago, I did read that Moxley may be going after Cassidy's championship at Wembley. And I'm like, it may be the one time I actually am going to cheer for Moxley. Moxley, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) We'll find out. That's going to be in a couple of weeks. That's the 27th, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Now, (laughs) let's go to the table. 
Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! Well, I think, you know, after just talking about all in, I'm pretty sure that you should probably go first after seeing the notes here. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there's been a lot of reporting on the ticket sales for all in. It's at Wembley. People are comparing it to SummerSlam 89. Which 92. 92. I was close. Remember, that's the one that Hulk Hogan main evented yeah. and brought a kid with cancer there, but then made more matches in Japan because he went backwards in time. Uh-huh. Pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's pretty close to what he's reported. Yeah. Uh, more famously known for uh, Bret Hart losing the IC title to Davey Boy in his, yes. you know, in home country. So they're comparing that a lot, right? And there was a lot of reports when the tickets went on sale. They're, oh, my God, they're smashing records. They're smashing records. And they just passed another record. They've officially passed what the amount of tickets that were distributed for SummerSlam 92. Because every story, if you pay attention and read every story, it's tickets distributed that is being reported. That is completely different than tickets sold. Tony Khan can give out as many tickets as he wants. So what the actual number of tickets that were properly sold, I don't know that number. It might be out there. But when you read the stories, check the verbiage. Because if it says distributed, it's a bullshit number. And that's fine because really at the end of the day, the whole goal is to fill the place up. If you couldn't sell them, that's on you. you got to figure out a way to do that. But if you wanted to look really cool, yeah, I would start distributing some tickets too. Right, but what happens if you distribute 5,000 and only 2,000 of those people show up? There's no skin off their asses because they got free tickets. So what happens if they don't go? Oh, too fucking bad. You know? Who the fuck gets free tickets to a Wembley anything show and decide to, ah, I'm not going to go? And a lot of twats out there. Yeah, I know. That boy's one of them. Anyway, uh, I, I have a good one for you. Speaking of twats, that's a great uh, transition. Saturday, Saturday. We, my wife and I just got home, and I get on Facebook, and my, my uh, buddy Taurus puts up this video. Or, I'm sorry, not a video. Jesus. This link. And says, yo, I'm about to buy a shitload of these shirts. 80stees.com was doing a huge fucking sale. $3.98 for all these different wrestling shirts. Oh, shit. And I'm saying like 11, 12 pages worth and a shitload. I, and it says the sale's ending in 55 minutes. And I was watching the clock go down. I go, fuck, should I do this or not? Yeah, fuck it. I get an Undertaker shirt. For my wife, I got an Edge shirt. I got the red and black Wolfpack NWO. Nice. I have black. Yeah, I never had that one. I was kind of excited about that. Um, like two more shirts, man. And I was like, that's exciting. I put the card information in. I do it all. I pay 24 fucking bucks. I go back to the Facebook post, and I want to be like, yo, Taurus, how many did you get? And someone wrote, I just Googled this, and it's a scam. <laughs> and then it hits me. Who the fuck sells shirts for $3.98? Oh, my God. Why does it now just hit me like that? This is a scam. It's got to be a scam. And the 
website. I didn't even, okay. I clicked on it and it's showing me 80s tees and all these pictures, right? It's it's just like the site I've been to. But I didn't, why would I look at the fucking website link necessarily when I'm already looking at what is 80s tees? Intentricate.com. Yeah. Yeah, then I go to Google and I look up 80s tees and that's 80s tees.com actually. It was pretty fucking spot on. Moral of the story is I did get scammed, right? Maybe. So I got worried. I'm like, man, they're gonna they're gonna try and fucking fraudulently just drain my fucking bank account or some shit. So I had to get on to uh, the local one. Here you go, ESL, and I had to transfer all of my money into our savings so that couldn't get touched. You want to compromise the card? Fine, but. You're not going to be able to if I'm if I move everything. And it says everything was moved, but 24 bucks it said I had to stay there because it was pending already. I'm like these cunts. Today I got an email that says your order is on the way. By the way, when we looked it all up and we figured this out, the place is out of Hong Kong, and I go, oh, they stole my fucking money. And I even had an ESL representative call me on Saturday, and she's like, we the only way that you can get that that money back is if you, uh. After 15 days, the order doesn't show up. Then you can try and fight it and get it back. Uh I was like, okay, God damn it. I'm like, well, I'm glad I lost 24 bucks as opposed to like, I don't know, thousands, you know, whatever. And they, I never have thousands anyway. So they, I got an email today. It says it's on the way. I'm fucking curious to see if this is actually on the way or not. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some people get scammed before. Like my one buddy, Bo thought he bought a camper. They sent him a pair of socks. That's hilarious. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I laughed really hard. He was not. No, he wasn't. That sounds day. like he got and got. I was like. Got gat. Oh, he got gat. And it was funny because I was like, these are really nice socks, though. <laughs> but now Christ. it happened to me, and now I'm today's gat. How awesome is that? I made that well, up. Hopefully, hopefully, my next week, I'll be wearing one of those shirts. Be full of Chinese moths. They're probably like... They're <laughs> Still better than Tiger's house. Those are American fleas. <laughs> hey, Let's man, it's, it's all part of... Let's go to wars! Go ahead, I'm sorry, it's, what? No, it's, I was going to say, it's all part of the cosplaying, you know? They're like Viking times. Vikings probably had fleas, right? That's so gross. Do you think that... Do you think she'll be throwing fleas instead of flower petals, the little girl? Oh, yeah, no, a flower bear, yeah, instead of that, a flea bear. Flea bear! (laughs) This is going off the rails, which means it's going to be a good set of wars. Let's go to Monday White War. Monday White War. Hit the bumper.
and so does Hogan. And, oh. and so do we. But you, ODM, are the reason we do the Monday Night Wars. Now, I could have said that sentence really quick, right? You, ODM, are the reason we do the Monday Night Wars. But <laughs> this dude took 15 fucking minutes to get out each sentence. What a wow! I cannot believe we were there. I knew their match happens at Halloween Havoc, but I was like, "Ah, we still got a little more time before he shows up." Nope, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the late part of uh, WCW 1998. The Ultimate Warrior has arrived. It's all downhill from here, folks. After we just talked about him two years ago. When he had to deal with Goldust and Jerry Lawler Destrucity. and all that fun shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, what a run. All right, man, let's break it down. You want to start with Nitro or you want to start with Raw? Let's start with Raw because the lot happened on Nitro. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, it just opens with Austin storming, storming McMahon's office, but the door is locked. He's banging on it, and... Next thing you know, you see a hearse backing into the arena. It's Austin. He says, McMahon, you got 60 seconds. I'm not leaving. I got 32 beers here. So the question I have, though, is when he backed in, what did it sound like on the peacock? Because they were blasting ACDC Highway to Hell on my version well, That's a good in question. The arena. I definitely did not hear that song. I don't know if they were playing music or not. He, the the oh, glass break didn't happen this. until he got out of the hearse. Uh, they dubbed that shit. Yeah, yeah it was uh, ACDC's Highway to Hell as he was backing in with the hearse. Yeah. So, they played uh, it multiple times in the arena. Mm-hmm. But yes, please, go on. He is in the ring. And, yes, he has 32 beers that he's about to drink. Yep, and he's not leaving until McMahon shows up, so naturally Patterson comes out, Briscoe comes out. Austin says there's got to be a jackass behind curtain number three. It's Slaughter. Vince comes out, they go, they come out, and Austin basically says, you know, you got what you wanted. Taker and I are no longer champs. We're no longer bound together. And uh, he said, you know, you said I had one foot in a grave. Well, I'm going to take it out of the grave, put it up your ass. Uh, I'm going to beat him down, stuff him in that hearse. You get in my way, you'll end up in there as well. Fired up Austin promo, got the crowd going. And they were hot. Yep. They were hot. Yep. Uh, next, you get Shamrock versus Dan Severn versus Owen. I love this match. I love this match because, one, Owen and Shamrock work really well together. And Severn did the smartest thing I've ever seen in a triple threat match. Sat in the corner. Sat in the fucking corner. The whole fucking match. Bravo to you, Mr. Severn. And then as Owen or as Shamrock got a submission hold on got the Owen, ankle lock, yep. He comes from behind and puts him in the what is it like a dragon dragon sleeper? sleeper yep, dragon sleeper. <laughs> it was Sham- amazing. <laughs> yep, Shamrock Smart. passes out. Owen just starts stomping on him. Blackman makes the save, but Severin does the same thing. He just backs off, puts Blackman in a dragon sleeper. Owen and Severin are high five and shaking hands all the way back down the ramp. Shamrock comes to and does his best freak out. Uh, almost goes after Blackman, but doesn't. 
Um, I'm just going to say this now. I, I think I've got it like noted here and there. All throughout the show, they had air quotes Bill Clinton on the phone. Yeah. And I'm only going to reference it once uh, for a line that he had. Uh, and obviously, it was Lawler playing off of him. But anyway, uh, next we get... It, reason why is this is the exact time during... Oh, uh, the Lewinsky... Uh, sexual... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's all the, that entire yeah. thing. So they were having their fun with this whole thing. Yeah. And this isn't the first time he's. they've used this. No, bill. they've done it before, yeah. They um, had the impersonator in the crowd. Survivor Series 95, right before Diesel and Brett's match. Yep. And he has Sonny sitting on her la- on his lap. Yeah. Old Bill. Oh, yeah, I love Bill. They even predicted that. Look, at they had Sonny sitting on his lap, and they're like, hey, right. you want Sonny side up? <laughs> we see this coming. <laughs> yeah, so next we get a Godfather versus Bart Gunn. It's a semifinal for the Brawl for All. Godfather says, you know, normally I'd offer you a choice for hoes or to fight me, but not tonight, brother. I'm just going to kick your ass. So the counter stays at one-to-one. Um, Godfather got some good shots. And uh, in the second, Bart landed a couple of good shots. Godfather had gun in the corner. Uh, Bart almost dropped him at the end of the second. Godfather did go down, but he was saved by the bell, and he got right back up. And then, I don't know, halfway through the third, Bart just hits a fucking... Fucking Godfather let his guard down. Bart came in with it, and Bart was being praised for his left hook the whole thing. He hits a right hook, and fucking it's awesome. Dropped Godfather. He's like, nobody's taking that punch. I'm sorry, dude. He's him square in the fucking jaw. That motherfucker went down. No kidding. I, it's it's funny because Saturday night uh, I also watched a boxing match. It was uh, Anthony Joshua versus this guy Helenus. And same thing, mm. he dropped the same way that Papa, uh, Papa Shango, that uh, Godfather enough. did. I'm mean, like, just a hard like boom tree trunk. B- like your body got tased, right? You're yeah. running and bam, yeah. it just hit. And I mean, it was just within a second that the punch hit that he was already kissing the mat. Yeah, Rogan talks about that. He's like, sometimes your brain is just like, nope, we're shutting off. No more of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a self defense mechanism. But yeah, I mean, you go back to the the brawl for all, no, the brawl for all, uh, dark side of the ring. And Godfather shows pictures of his legs like a week after, and they're just oh, that's bu- all right. fucking bruised up, dude. Like he got fucked up from that. Damn. So you probably won't. We probably won't see him for a week or two on TV. No, man. Probably. I would say we're probably not going to see him all the way till probably after SummerSlam. Yeah, probably. But yeah, so there's that famed match. <clears throat> Next, we see Shamrock and Blackman backstage roid raging. So there's that. <laughs> Uh, they do- Wait, is this where they're roid raging and then they open the doors? I don't remember if they opened any doors. They were just throwing shit around. Okay, they were. And they just out of nowhere, they have the camera on a set of doors. Uh-huh. They're like, and I think they're waiting for maybe Undertaker to show up. Yes, 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 yes. And, and out of nowhere, Shamrock and Blackman just start throwing everything all around like a temper tantrum. And then Blackman opens one door, no problem. Shamrock punches the one like four times because it wouldn't open. And he was, I think, missing that bar that you push down and it opens there at the arena. <clears throat> it was fantastic. I, watching him struggle, I watched that thing three times. Yeah, he was freaking the fuck out, that's for sure. <clears throat> so Owen is going to be facing Shamrock at SummerSlam in a Lion's Den match. And that's when commentary brings up, oh, they were being, but uh, Owen was being buddy, but it was Severin because Severin's going to be his trainer, give him that competitive edge against Shamrock. So, and it's basically going to be a UFC match. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what the, the Lions' match is. Yes. yes. Yep. 
Yeah, I love getting random uh, pop-up videos in my uh, feed. And it's like, you know, Shamrock versus Boss Rootin'. Her fucking just like the old fucking pride days. Oh and, yeah, you know, before he even got to WWE, he was a bad motherfucker. That dude, he would just get punched yep. in the face and just keep coming at you. Anyway, sidetrack. Uh, you know what else we got on tonight's show? The another eat me promo. Well, besides that, uh, the <laughs> TV debut of Gangrel. Did he even have a fucking? commercial promo like nope, coming sh- soon I just just debut showed up ma- out of nowhere debut match was heat the night before oh okay yeah there well you go. and this is the first time we're seeing him with his red blood juice spitting out of his mouth yep and he took on one of the two cool yep took on brian christopher he took on scott taylor on heat uh and they show yeah. edge watching in the crowd foreshadowing uh and it was a squash as you'd expect yeah <clears throat> Shamrock and Blackman do an interview with Cole. It's mostly Shamrock, though, and he just basically scares the shit out of Cole by screaming at him a lot, threatening to beat the shit out of him. You're an announcer, and I don't know who you are. <clears throat> I don't know you. Yeah. Uh, so we got a DX interview. They're going to have a street fight against the nation. Uh, and during the interview, the nation shows up and pretty much just starts the match there, but it gets broken up, sort of. We'll find out shortly. Uh, next, you get DOA versus Scorpio and Farouk. Clinton's on the phone again. He made the joke that they fucking that Meredith Burgess uses in Grumpy Old Men. He says, yeah, you know, you want me to be an effective president, I have to take one old one-eye to the optometrist every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say Grumpy Old Men. I swear to God, I had a line in my head from same duo when they were in a movie Out to Sea. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that one? I don't think so, it, no. Walter Matthau has the best line. He goes, oh, and she's got an ass so nice. It's a shame she's got to sit on it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best fucking Might line. have to use that one. <laughs> right? Yeah, we go to the back nation and DX are still fighting. It spills out onto the ramp and DOA wins with the switcheroo again. So then we kind of just roll into the street fight, the official street fight, I guess. Uh, but Jeff Jarrett. That's been happening show- for four segments. Yep. What's that? That's been happening for four segments now. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, Jar- Jeff Jarrett and Southern Justice show up um, for some reason. Jeff Jarrett takes clippers to part of X-Pac's hair. Uh, the nation stands tall and the rock just heads up the ramp. The bell never rings. They never announce a winner. Rock just figures after a certain point they've had enough and they leave. Triple yeah, H very got nitro like to be yeah, honest. Yeah, Triple you. H got busted. Oh, his mouth got busted open. Uh, you know, so I mean, it looked like a you know legit bit beat down. But the uh, Jeff Jarrett coming down and cutting X Pac hair, um, as we all probably know, it's leading to a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam. Have you noticed that Jarrett's hair is already significantly shorter mm-hmm. than it has been recently? I'm like. Yeah. There was already a sign that you were about to lose your hair. I think you were done with it on your own. You realized it was too much to have, which is funny because now he nowadays he has the same length hair right now. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't talk about this already. Tonight on Dynamite, we got a Texas oh, Chainsaw Christ. Death Match. <sighs> please yeah. God, please, please, please tell me that. The Texas Chainsaw wrestler guy. I can't think of his name right now. There is one that's actually... What's the uh, name in real life? What's his name? In, in Is the Hewitt boy in the... Uh, 
Texas Chainsaw, but what is, Leatherface. There's a Leatherface. actual yes, yes, wrestler yes, yes. named Leatherface. Please have him show up to make this actually worth a Texas Chainsaw deathmatch. I fucking yeah. Tony Khan. You know okay, what? I, yeah, I saw the ad and I didn't even bother putting in the notes. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. It's dumb. Yeah, no, but I did because I like to talk about dumb things. Jeff Jarrett still <laughs> continues to be a tragic Jeff Jarrett, character. man. God damn. <laughs> Just between him I'm getting and a Jeff Punk, Jarrett shirt. I think that's I'm getting only... a Jeff Jarrett shirt. Oh. Get the slap nuts. <laughs> we are very close to slap nuts. We're, we're, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are at slap nuts. That's right. Yep. Oh, no. No, we're just year. about. We're just about. He doesn't start it until WCW. Oh, that's so we right. Have to have that's why I first. was thinking of it. It was Bash at the Beach. That's what I was thinking of. Yep. All right. Yes. Good call. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, that happened. Next, uh, the segment that I'm going to talk about the entire time, all I could think of was D dry heaving. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Told you, man. No one can. No one can dry heave better than Dean. She goes up on. The, she takes Charlie to the to the improv and she the goes open up. mic. <laughs> here, buddy. I'm like, she's so great. She's the best. And Charlie's look when she does that is the best. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, she's the best at gagging. There's a so, whole compilation if you look up. It's Caitlin Olson from imagine. uh Sunny. It's it's hysterical, but. I'm sorry, what part are you gagging? Uh, this is Tiger Ali Singh paying $500 for somebody to oh. lick Abu's feet, which they, like, smeared Snickers all in between his toes. And some yeah, dude came uh, in and went put... right to town. He didn't even fucking build the suspense. He fucking went full <laughs> tilt and fucking went right after the feet. I literally the whole time was just dry heaving, and then I just skipped ahead. I'm like, I'm not watching this anymore. He's like uh, Cricket from Sonny. Fuck it. I'll just like it. They don't even need to pay me. I'll do it. Yo, that is really... it. Uh, again, I asked you. These are plants, right? We assume that it's th- that's be. a plant. Yeah, it was. It was. It had to be a... Well... well you know what? I two, wonder we're why... We're going to see a you, girl... They had a security guard there in a WWE t-shirt, this big fucking bulky guy with the leather fucking backwards kangle hat. You know what I'm talking yep, about? Yep. And you could see he was talking to the dude. He grabbed him. He's like, all right, here's the deal. You don't do this. You don't touch the ladies. You don't do this. You know, he fucking was giving him a pep talk like, don't fucking cross the line or I'm kicking your ass, basically. It seemed like it. Well, in a week or two, you're going to see Abu have a fucking tongue bath with a girl in the crowd. Oh, it's probably going to look like fucking uh, Kid Rock's girlfriend from that meme, right? Way hotter. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I know you're lying. I know you're lying. Don't worry. Hey, Nightwing, stop sending IMs when we're recording. You should know this by now. Um, all right, moving on. We got Sable versus Jacqueline and an arm wrestling match because wrestling and women. Uh, Sable brings the trophy that she gave to Luna to the ring. Fucking Indian giver. I've seen this movie before. The fucking heel Are stalls. Say that? Yeah, you can say that still. Uh, it's a back and forth. Jacqueline just breaks the grip, shoves the table into Sable. Jacqueline takes the trophy and breaks it over Sable's back, and the oddities make the save, and they make it seem like Superman died. What music plays in the oddities come out for you? Because after re-listening to what we were talking about last week. You said, I, dude, honestly, I fucking don't pay attention. I, I thought it was kind of like a clown, like clown music, like do-do-do-do-do, but like remixed and like, you know, you know, a little heavier and, you know, more of a, you know, not just that. But it really listen close. Now. I'm curious to see if they're using uh, the ICP song ICP. or not. Or if they yeah, don't have they the might be. To it. Yeah. Well, we already know they're not using Highway to Hell. Yeah. yeah. Never step here. 
Hey, they had a good song on the Last Action Hero soundtrack. Big Guns. And the Megadeth song on that album was tight, too. Angry Again. That's such a good movie. That's a great and a great movie. Yeah, Yeah, that's got to be movie of the week coming up soon. (laughs) Book it. Put it in the dock. Put it in the dock. All right. Yeah, Uh, this was lame. Uh, Michael Coles with Val Venus. Val says he's going to run the gauntlet through Kai and Ty, and if he makes it through all of them, he gets five minutes with Yamaguchi. Uh, More to come on that, and I can't wait. Literally. Yep. Uh, We get a Draza's World vignette. Out of nowhere, don't know what this is. Yep. Maybe they knew he was going to get paralyzed and they threw him a fucking bone. I don't know. Um, speaking of, you get Draz versus Brad. <laughs> Draz versus Bradshaw. Uh, the winner's going to face Bart Gunn in the finals. This was this was terrible. You know, again, going back to the Dark Side of the Ring episode, Draz says, "You know what? I don't know, man. I don't care what you say. That, that was a draw at fucking best." He's like, "There's no way Bradshaw won that." Watching it, uh, it seemed pretty even. They gave Bradshaw five points. Draws landed a bunch of nice shots in the second, and he got a takedown. Yet at the end of two, Bradshaw was up 10-5. to five. And the third was pretty even. It was an ugly fucking fight, and Bradshaw won. And you could tell Draws was not happy about it. And Bradshaw didn't shake hands or nothing. Bradshaw was like, fuck you, I'm out. Yep. It's uh, still a fucked up thing to even do this. I just One more. Well, two more. Two more matches. Yeah, two more yeah, matches. Gunner Bradshaw, <laughs> and then we got WrestleMania And then 15. payback. <laughs> and then Vince's payback. Yeah. <laughs> that segment sucks suck so much, let's get the king of four-rounders in here <laughs> to kill a wrestler of mine have, on my payroll. Have Bart Gunn killed. <laughs> Is that Mr. Burns? Yes. Yeah, there's, yeah, a right, part, nice. there's, an, there's an early episode. They have a birthday party for him, and they get the Ramones. And he's like, oh, maybe this will soothe, soothe my jangled nerves. And it's the Ramones. And oh, they, I've seen this one. And they do happy, they do a happy birthday, too. But they do like the Ramones. It's great. And he's all tweaked out at the end. And he goes, have the Rolling Stones killed. But, sir, do as I say. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Anyway, uh, next we get Al Snow and Heed in the bar. And you only see Al Snow talking to somebody. You don't see who it is. And they, did you just fall out of your chair? They pan over and Heed's laying on the floor and... He was committed. You got to give him that. He fucking he went in all funny. in. I actually liked the the whole thing right there. It was really good. Yeah, it was it was it was humorous. Not humorous. We're not at WCW. I know. Uh, next, you see Sable in the back walking angrily away. King says she's headed our way. And then, in you know, while it took her time to get to the ring, they did another PSA. Instead of watching the next segment, why don't you read a nice book, like the King James James Testament? Eat me. Yeah, eat me. Uh, By the way, folks, last week we spent about 10 minutes after the call trying to figure out a way if we could could find a way to make eat me our name of the show. We couldn't. We couldn't top evangelists against television, movies, and entertainment. It was just we couldn't top it. It was, but we tried. We tried hard. We did. We did put forth the effort. We did put forth the effort. Sable comes to the ring. She calls out Jacqueline. Jacqueline says, well, get to the ring right now. And then Marrow and Jacqueline are on the Tron. And Jacqueline goes, not tonight, ho. (laughs) (laughs) They call each other ho, skank, (laughs) Skank. bitch. Trick-ass Mark. They've called each other everything so far. (laughs) (laughs) Jacqueline says, I'm not going to fall for that trick. 
We can fight at SummerSlam in a mixed tag team match. You get whoever you want against me and Mero. And then the oddities just run in and jump Mero and Jacqueline. You know who she chooses? Probably Kurgan or the other dude. <laughs> Are you serious? I'll let it be a surprise for you when you go to watch SummerSlam. Yeah, I don't fucking remember. Jay Leno? <laughs> you know, I actually have to go backwards now. Um, We have talked about this, about Edge and his uh, retiring possibility. Mm-hmm. His first pay-per-view is at SummerSlam 98 in Madison Square Garden. And there's a video that just came up of when they did uh, SmackDown in Madison Square Garden. They show him walking into the arena while it's lit, and they're still setting everything up. And you see just MSG, and he's like, this is it. He's like, and I have my first pay-per-view match here. It's a cool video to watch. Nice. And you'll see who he faces. But anyway. All right. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, Cole backstage to get a word with Austin. Taker finally shows up. They've been tracking it all night. Uh, then we get our Val Venus versus Kind Tai Gauntlet. Taka Michinoko is the third person in, and Taka stops him, gets the win. Kind Tai just jumped Venus after the match. Mrs. Yamaguchi is brought to the ring because we still don't know whose side she's actually on. Probably against Val because he tossed her aside. And then Val Venus grabbed a flesh-colored super soaker that he had with him that was apparently full of cum and started spraying everybody with said cum. So your ending shot, your money shot, is Mrs. Yamaguchi covered in cum walking down the aisle. Can that be the name of our episode? <laughs> covered in cum? No, I don't think it can. <laughs> Mrs. Yamaguchi's son covered in cum. <laughs> God, it was so... I. They put in the work to get the viscosity of whatever liquid was in that fucking water gun to the perfect <laughs> consistency. What Bukaki. town were they in? <laughs> it was, I don't care. Like, well, if they were in like Nebraska, maybe they, you know, jacked off a horse. You ever seen Jackass? Yeah, I have. Okay, same thing. Maybe they just filled a super soaker. Okay, that was just yeah. That was. I saw it. I'm like, oh, he's got a water. That ain't water. <laughs> that ain't water. Ew. <laughs> what's that? What's that office quote? God, I hope it's urine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you put a nightlight on in a hotel, it's either, and you see stains, it's either blood, semen, or urine. God, I hope it's right. Oh, my God. All right. Let's move the fuck on, please. Yeah, we talk a lot about hotels. We do. We mm. do. Anyway. We do. Uh, yeah, so Taker comes to the ring. Austin's out to confront him. Uh, and they, the way they shoot him, they're shooting Taker from the back. He's got the high-collared, you know, sleeveless vest on, hair covering his face. Austin comes up behind him. It's not Taker, it's Kane. He's got the mask on, but... And commentary's bickering back on forth or whether or not it's actually Kane or if it's Taker with a Kane mask on. And JR actually said yep. something. Or no, I think it was King. He's like, look at the tattoos! And I started looking at the t- t- tattoos. I'm like, did they like just put fake tattoos on him for the night? I'm like, that looks pretty fucking good. I'm like, that actually looks like Taker's tattoos. It, yeah, but it did look too fresh and too drawn it on. did it I did like, but i mean yep. it for you know you know practical effects that was pretty fucking good uh they fight yep. off through the crowd austin ends up throwing kane in at the back of the hearse he goes to get in he can't open the door and he looks down and this is my favorite fucking thing because it's taker he's in the fucking hearse and he drives off and there's two things that i love about this one the way they they shoot it there's a little bit of reflection off the glass and it's you know he's all in black and it's just the side with his long hair so it's hard to see what it is 
and the way he turns his head, he just goes like a real quick was, one, yep. dude. It was so great. But my favorite part is they they show the hearse driving off. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> you boys like Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wow! That's another good one. <coughs> so, they're driving. They're showing him driving out of the arena, and then, right in the foreground of the shot, there's like a door, right? Probably goes to an equipment room, a locker room, whatever. It was like an old neighbor who didn't know what the fuck was going on. He opens the door and he's looking around like, "Huh? What's going on here?" <laughs> we watch it again. The guy just opens the door. And he's looking around like, "Huh? What's going on here?" Um, and you know what? Your version didn't have. As soon as Taker turns his head that real fast, whoosh, and he sees it, and they go, oh, my God, it's the Undertaker. Now who stops it? <laughs> Maybe limit. <laughs> starts right back up. It, was, it wasn't that part. It starts at the, the chorus. But I was like, I, I, even in my head, I go, there's no way all this is making it to the beginning. Yeah, no way. No way. But it was still it still was uh, an entertaining episode, to say the least. Uh, we had some good laughs talking. But I feel like I get more enjoyment talking about it with you than I do actually watching it. Oh, I agree. <laughs> Especially when you talk about the Super Soaker. <laughs> that was great. And the Snicker Toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a new term. Snicker Toes. <laughs> Gotta be careful how you say it, though. That's an, that's an episode name. <laughs> okay. So let's go to Nitro. Way to go, Peacock, by the way, with the fucking spoilers with the thumbnails. You know, when something big happens, maybe not use it as your fucking thumbnail. Just a suggestion. Uh, is it Warrior Facing Hogan? <laughs> of course it is! <laughs> <laughs> Black and White open the show coming to the ring. It's another meandering Hogan promo saying he's going to get his belt back tonight. And he hams it up. He says, you know, there's not one man I haven't beat. There's not one man I can't beat. Hogan's voice is breaking up during the whole thing. I don't know if he was shooting a movie this time or what, but either way. Uh, we get Gene on the ramp with J.J. Dillon. They start talking about Fall Brawl slash War Games. It's going to be on September 13th. For the first time ever, they're going to do three teams of three instead of two teams of four or five. So it's a new thing. Dillon mentions Hogan's comment about there's no one he hasn't beat. Just they're beating the dead drum. They're fucking spoon feeding you. They're doing the WWF thing. Jeff, uh, JJ announces the captain is uh, is going to be black and white versus black and red uh, versus Team WCW, which will be captained by DDP Hogan and Nash for the NWO teams. And it's funny you say the how they're spoon feeding it. It's exactly what they did with Piper when Piper came in in '96. Mm -hmm. No one can beat me. I'm a guy who, who you haven't beat. You know, and they're playing that. Same tune again. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, and the winner of that match is going to get a shot at the world title at Halloween Havoc, which I'm curious how that's going to work out because a team really wins. But So I guess whoever scores the pinfall or submission is going to get the world title shot. Don't you have to – isn't it like submit or s surrender? Or it, no, it, it is, but even later they said like last man standing, and it's not last man standing, so who the fuck knows how they're going to do this. I'm sure it's going to It's suck. WCW at this time. I – yeah. If this was Tony Khan's booking, I would say put the straw down. But at this time, I would say, Eric, take your head out of Hogan's ass. Yeah, pretty much. That's a good. That's a good place to start. Uh, Mongo versus Sick Boy, and at this point, uh, Mongo wins. The more important thing is that this match, they're just commentary is using the, this as an opportunity to talk shit on WWE. They've been pre-taped. Their main event was ninety seconds. It didn't deliver. Yada yada. <laughs> 
and just Shivani is just going fucking full t- tilt. The best thing is they're in Hartford, Connecticut. They're not in Stanford, oh, they're in but they're fucking close enough. Man, and it's funny because in about just, let's say, six months' time, it's going to bite you guys in your ass by giving that shit away. Yep. See where that gets you. And then your biggest claim to fame, 83 weeks, will be gone, and you will not reach 84. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Mean Gene in the ring with Diamond Dallas Page, ask who his partners are going to be for war games. He doesn't answer, uh, but DDP does say, Hogan, you are 0-1 against someone in the record books, and you'll get your shot at fall brawl. Bret, Part- Bret Hart comes to the ring. Uh, DDP wants a match for the title. Bret accepts. I have to say, this was a pretty fucking good promo from Brett. This is one of Brett's best promos so far since he's been in WCW. He fucking, he doesn't overdo it. And he fucking, he just brings up everybody he's faced. He's like, yep, I beat this person. They're on the shelf. I beat this person. They're on the shelf. I beat Benoit. He's on the shelf. I beat Booker T. He's on the shelf. And he just listed them all off. And he never once said, I'm the best there ever was, ever will be. Uh, DDP called that out, but Brett never said it. I, I really think this was one of his best promos to date. Which is, I was going to say, every one of his promos are generally, you know, copy-paste, so that's mm-hmm. cool to see. Absolutely. Uh, Gene is back. Gene is back <laughs> on the ramp. <laughs> Yo, when you just did that, everything shifted in your room. I know. The computer well, the moved. camera moved. It's on top of the monitor. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's with Raven this time. Horace interrupts it, calls out Raven. He says, hey, you haven't done anything for me or the flock. I've been beating you up a lot lately, and I want another shot at you. Raven says, sure. Raven rules. It's going to be a tag match. You'll get Canyon. I'll get Saturn. Saturn and Canyon both come out. Saturn's like, nah, I ain't fucking tagging with you. Dylan shows up just to make it official, tells Canyon, you made a verbal verbal commitment, didn't you? And Canyon nods his head. And JJ's like, you made, all right, fucking good enough. (laughs) That was a (laughs) nonverbal commitment, but okay, it still counts. And Dylan lays down, if anybody sabotages their partner, that person will get suspended. And Dylan's going to assign the ref, so it's pinfall or submission only, so no screwy finishes. Yeah, I don't think that's going to stop him, but okay. It's WCW. Yep. Next was my favorite segment of the night, and I have a question after I talk about this very briefly. You get High Voltage versus Das Douchebags. It's just still my fucking favorite tag team name ever. Mm-hmm. Mang just comes down and wrecks the shot. He fucking puts the tongue in death grip on this guy, then this guy, then this guy, then security, then ref, then security. Then a guy come and pepper sprays him, and he no-sells it, and he puts him in the tongue in death grip while he's getting pepper sprayed. That shit. He laid everybody I out. I haven't marked out on anything from Nitro, considering shit is old. When I saw that, I was like, this is the greatest fucking thing I've seen in <laughs> exactly. ever. Exactly. so awesome. Where has this been? Why has it taken so long? Because at this point, it doesn't matter. We know Meng's not going anywhere. You could have done this three years ago. You could have made this dude a champion. Yeah. Like, when you look at it, he would have been an unbeatable world champion. And maybe you still had your uh, red and yellow Hulk Hogan eventually beat him. You know what I'm saying? I'm fine with that. But shit, that dude could have been a champ, man. He was, especially that part right there, as soon as he got pepper sprayed and he walked through, like someone just, like a bug hit his head. Yep. He was like, eh, whatever. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I was so, I was happy, but I was pissed off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. Uh, we get, oh, yeah. I didn't realize that this happened so early. I thought we were a year away from it. But apparently I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero comes to the ring. He's not dressed to wrestle. 
commentary says, uh, what's going on here? Uh, I thought he was supposed to wrestle. Now he's not dressed to wrestle. What's going on? So he's supposedly scheduled Rolling for, his luggage to the ring. With his luggage, his, you know, his rolling luggage with him. And he says, yeah, yeah, I'm scheduled for an interview, so don't even think about cutting away to commercial. He repeats Eric Bischoff's name 150 times. 37 times, yeah. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. This is the one where he throws the drink over himself, which I guess was supposed to be coffee. Um, it was the it was a um, symbolism because he it was Eric water, threw but, coffee on him. Yeah, right. Which apparently Eric said ah, it like spilled when he was near me or something like that. He didn't actually throw it at him or whatever. But um, he he does say Eric Bischoff's name way too many times. But then he also, I think, because it was so real. I assume this was real, right? This was was this a work shoot or a shoot? I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember. I think it's a work shoot and I'm basing that solely on the fact that he kept saying Eric Bischoff. Cuz if yeah, you were you pissed because if you were really pissed to. off about somebody and you were shooting on them, you're not you'll say their name at first to call them out, but after that you there's only one person you're talking to. Right, you know, right. and the fans just weren't getting on board with this. This was not. No, they weren't. This, they were yeah. saying Eddie sucks. Yeah, this they didn't this, care. I'm like nowadays, and you he pull even that said kind of shit. People are gonna go nuts. Yeah, and even he said he's like, my beef isn't with you guys, the fans. It's with Eric Bischoff. This that this was, was turn. Yeah, I like how he did that. This was not as good as I remember it being. Dude, that was my. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because as I watched it, I go, eh. Maybe <laughs> I've only just seen highlights because. This thing was a touch longer than I remember it being. Yeah. Of him repeating long. some of the same lines. And Chavo, I love you. You're my family. And then later on, and Chavo, you're my nephew. You'll always be. And I'm like, yeah, we, we heard you on that. <laughs> but the thing that pissed me off the most, if you're mad and you're wanting out of your contract, why wouldn't you say ass? And you can shove this contract up your you know what. Yeah. He said you know what like four, four or five times. times. Yeah. And I was like, get out. Say it. Say ass. Say whatever the hell you want to say. In in, I would say it, but uh, you, you up your you know what? It was it pissed me off every time he did it, and I was like, like you said, this was not as good a promo as I remember it yeah. being. And yeah, it is more likely that it's a work shoot, a work especially shoot. with because he yeah. doesn't show up. He doesn't show up to WWF for another year, year and a half. He doesn't come till with the radicals, and that's uh, what is that? The end of. 99? End of 99, I think. It's after Jericho. Jericho was July, August. Correct. And then it's after that. So, yeah, I mean, still got a full year. There's no way. That, I mean, if that was a real shoot, yeah, he, he wasn't the coming door. to TV the next yeah, day. Yeah, he been out the Regal door. made Bill Goldberg have a wrestling match and was fired the next day. Yeah, right. You would have hey, been out the door. Oh, yeah, remember that? Regal showed back up at WWF. We haven't seen him since. Yep. <laughs> It'll happen again. Don't worry. We're going to yeah. see him real soon. Waiting for Jericho That's to show That's when he'll up. be... The real man's man. Yep. All right. That was just hour one. Here we go to hour two. <laughs> we get, and don't we get, worry. Warrior filled up an entire hour himself. Yeah, no shit. And then the replays cover the next half hour up. Uh, we get Mortis and Horace. I, wow, I, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Mortis and Horace. Versus Raven and Saturn. This, what a shit show this was. Bear with me here, okay? First thing I notice is Horace's heed is unusually lard. From now on, it's Heed Horace, or Horace Heed, <laughs> instead of Horace Hogan. Horace it's Heed. Horace Heed. <laughs> Horace Heed. All right, so here's what happens. 
Saturn ducks a shot. Uh, Horus came in with the stop sign. Saturn ducks. Saturn hits the rings of Saturn, and he wins the match. The flock flocks. Raven hits an even flow on Saturn. Kidman tries to stop Raven on the beatdown. He gets hit with an even flow. Horus stops Raven and says, I want to attack Saturn. So he hits like a pump handle slam on Saturn. Then Raven hits an even flow on Horus. It was a, the word <clears throat> shit show was actually an extremely appropriate description of this. It was just a... Again, WCW at this time, man. That's all I can... Every time I keep seeing an ending to a match and it does shit like this, I'm just like, wait, why aren't they in business? <laughs> so, huh. Who's friends with who? <laughs> Next, Wolfpack comes to the ring. Wolfpack is too sweet. That was the gist of the promo. Next, you get a squash. Yep, you get Scott Norton squashing Scott Putzky. Always good to see Scott Norton uh, squash somebody. Squash Squash Norton. Norton. Squash Norton. (laughs) Fuck, that's another good one. Yes. Squash Norton. Wait, I got to write these fucking things down. Hold on a second. We have Squash Norton, uh, Horace Heed. Horace Heed. (laughs) (laughs) Horace Heed and Squash Norton. Very good. All right. Anyway, moving on. Now, every time that you type in Scott Norton, your your computer automatically goes. I hope squash, so. I'm right? gonna have to fucking like put out like a macro or something like that. You know what I mean? All right. Anyway, um, what do we get? Oh, get one of my fucking favorite things ever. We get a recap of a Henning promo uh, on Malenko from Thunder, basically because uh, Malenko's been talking. You know, doing cutting. I don't want to say promos, but promos for Arn Anderson, you know, being like, hey, don't give up. Come back. We need you in the horseman, shit like that. Hednick basically comes out, talks shit, and says, hey, you want to know what it's like to be a horseman? I know, even though he kind of really doesn't because that was just an angle. He was there for two weeks. Yeah, exactly, and he never even officially joined. Uh, Next, here it is. I have a lot of notes. Interject when you need to. I think I I caught them all (laughs) are the important ones. Hogan and Bischoff and Disciple come back to the ring again. Hogan says, I'm not playing no more stinking games. And they really fucking phoned it in with this one. He goes, there ain't a warrior in the world that I can't beat. I hated that he did it because when the lights went out, you knew it. And I was like, you yeah. shouldn't have used the word warrior. No. Come on. Spoon feeding. But yeah, the lights flicker. We get some music. The lights go out. And it's the fucking warrior. And my fucking favorite line, Hogan goes, I thought you were dead. <laughs> it's funny because there was that rumor, obviously, back in uh Because well, a lot of people thought that the warrior was Kerry Von Erich. Right. Which is hilarious. Right. They did kind of look uh, like that. There is... You said you have notes on this. I'll, I'll wait. The, he only had one good line that I was like, that's a good one. But go ahead. Warrior? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I have it written down. I think I know which one it was. Crowd's popping. Crowd's hot as fuck. And I, somebody had a sign that said, Welcome back, Warrior. How? Oh, well, it's, be- it's great. Let's, let's get to it. Because this, this even fucking... Warrior does a ton of pacing, just walking around casually. Well, he had a good workout in this thing. He at least walked three miles in the ring while talking to yeah. Hogan. Oh, before he even promo. fucking started talking, he walked a mile. He says, it seems there are people that were anticipating my arrival, like the fucking kid with the sign. <laughs> <laughs> Was it his kid? So Hogan takes off his NWO shirt and offers it to Warrior. He's being a coward. 
A warrior says you may want to keep that so you can clean up the mess you just made all over yourself. I thought that was clever. Good line. We get uh, he shoots on people knowing ahead of time he's just as good as he's ever been on promos, <laughs> which isn't very well. Yeah. Uh, we get actually, Hogan. believe it or not, I think this is actually one of his better speaking promos where he wasn't so <clears throat> no, so much nonsense. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck he just said. He was this actually had a path. He was he was telling me when I'm telling lies. A lot of what he was saying. Yeah, quite honest with you. It was uh, Hogan sucks chance. And Warrior says, let's talk about something he doesn't already know. <laughs> you never, never beat a warrior and certainly not the ultimate one. Get it? Because they can't say ultimate warrior, but he can say oh, that he is a I, warrior. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I see what you Ultimately did. understood that joke. <laughs> and then, you know, a Disciple and Bischoff are cowering behind Hogan. He says, when I talk about these guys, he goes, this dude must be your barber. Zing! <laughs> Yo, that was the best line. I marked for that one right there. I was like, that's a good line, dude. And he looks. And then what was it, Bischoff? He's like, and I don't even know who you are. Yeah, he goes. He goes. What, who, what's your, who are you, little man? He goes. And uh, and this is and this is where like to me like listen, this was not great, but it, for historical purposes, it's great. Warrior kind of peels back the curtain on what kind of douchebag he is because afterwards he talks a little shit to Bischoff and he goes, and when I take care of my business here, I'm going to send you a bill and you need to pay it. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? You could have left that one out. (laughs) Kayfabe, pal. (laughs) Let me tell you a story about SummerSlam 91 and I held everything up for the night. (laughs) Uh, one of my favorite lines is he's talking to Hogan. And he goes, you know what? Beating you means nothing these days. Everyone already has. <laughs> Again, one he of went hard on Hogan. Promos. And you can see Hogan's face at the end. He's like, get this motherfucker out of the ring. Nah, I'm tired <laughs> of this shit. Um, he says he's going to be launching. The a promo's revolution. easily 15 minutes long, by the way. This is. Oh, yeah. No, this That's is not ridiculously even, long. He says, I'm launching a revolution next week. Same warrior time. Same warrior place. Same warrior, ch- <laughs> same warrior channel. You get static on the Tron. Massive fog machines go off in all four corners of the ring. The lights go out. The warrior's gone. And you get, instead of the bat signal on the roof of the arena, you get the <laughs> warrior signal. One thing you didn't mention was when he was coming down, right before Hogan said, I thought you were dead. He did the thing where his mouth is like yeah. <gasps> overly, but no, he was like, <laughs> like your chin kept going up and down, up and down, up and down, like you're like, it was the equivalent of when Vince tugs on his earlobe for no weird reason that time. It's kind of what it reminded me of, but yeah. Now, if you missed that 15 or 20 minute promo, don't worry. Don't worry. That's what hour three is. Yeah, before right, the last thing before hour three is we get Kurt Hennig with Rick Rude versus Dean Malenko. Solid match. Rude interferes. Hennig wins. There you go. Hour three. Uh, terrible stuff. Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell and a again air quotes doctor go to the ring. Steiner's arm and leg are still bandaged. He's blaming it on Rick's attack. Shivani says the doctor is one of the best surgeons in the country. Maybe by country he meant Mexico. I don't know. <laughs> um, Rick interrupts and it goes nowhere. Yep, they're really dragging this out. I don't think they really want to fight each other. Yep. Uh, next, we get Chavo versus Jericho versus Stevie Ray for the TV title. There's a ref bump because WCW. 
Giant comes out and choke slams Stevie Ray. All three of them are down. This was so convoluted. Chavo, so all three are down. The ref is going to start doing the standing 10 count. Chavo gets to his feet, but Jericho sees it and pulls the ref in. Chavo collapses again and rolls to the floor. Jericho lets go. Jericho gets to his feet. The other two get counted out after 10. Jericho retains. Too convoluted. Made no sense. Way too much. Yep. Yep. Next, you get Bret Hart versus DDP for the U.S. title. This was a fucking solid television match. Wasn't anything fancy. No high spots. Not something necessarily you'd expect. Wait, I'm sorry. Back me up. Back me up. What title? U.S. title. When did he win it back from Luger? Bret Hart? Uh, Two weeks ago. I thought Luger just won it. He did. <laughs> and Bret won it back. WCW. Sorry. Sorry, I'm confused. Again. Because WCW. <laughs> yep. So, again, this was a fucking solid match. There was no bullshit, no buffoonery until a ref bump. There it is. This got really, this even got fucking convoluted. Hart uses that, pulls out the knuckles during the fucking ref bump. He pins DDP and then he rolls over and puts DDP on top of him himself. The ref comes to, he starts counting. Hart kicks out, lays in punches. Looks like he's going to put on the sharpshooter, head butts him in the dick instead. <laughs> then locks in the sharpshooter. There's a rope break. And then at some point during the exchange, Hart sticks the knuckles in DDP's tights, tells the ref, hey, he's got a foreign object. Ref checks, sees him, DQ's Diamond Dallas Page. A lot to get to where you wanted to go with that. It went was a long way around her, I went the long way around her elbow to get to her ass. Main event, you get the giant who has a disciple with him at ringside versus Goldberg for the world title. Shivani's talking shit on WWF for their two-minute main event during this. Meanwhile, by the time the bell rings, there's four minutes left in the show. <laughs> Spear. Do as we say, not as we do. Yeah, Spear to the giant. Disciple attacks Goldberg. Goldberg no-sells, spears him. They call it a DQ. The jackhammer to the disciple. He still goes for the pin. Fucking Goldberg, he doesn't know how to do a jackhammer without going for the fucking pin. He pins the disciple, who he wasn't fighting, after the DQ. (laughs) It's like a wrestling video game. You accidentally hit the circle button, and you still pin him. (laughs) Shit, I wasn't trying to pin you. Yeah. Uh, Hall runs in. Nash runs in. Nash holds Hall for a second for Goldberg to spear. Hall dodges it. Uh, Nash eats the spear, no sells it, gets in Goldsburg face, and we're out of time, folks. There you go. Yeah, the no sell was awesome. Way to kill off that spear. As well as this is now the second week in a row that Nash has been speared. Yeah. You know, stuff like this, uh, the company's a goddamn shape it is, Russo. I don't know. That's a couple years from now, but still doing just as well. Yep. Well, not every week of wrestling can be written like a movie. Ah. How bad do you want to boo me from that transition? I'll give it a four. Thank you. All right, look at. Earlier, we were talking about Marty Jannetty's Dark Side of the Ring. And, you know, I refer- we referenced him killing a guy, but 
we didn't exactly say, I don't think we actually really went too much in the detail, but the guy was trying to make Marty put Marty's hand down his pants. Marty, <laughs> the fuck out of I should not be laughing at that statement. <laughs> Why is it so I goddamn have... funny? <laughs> <laughs> you are fucked up. Anyway, good answer. So the movie that we're talking about is Mystic River. And why it reminded me of this, and I will get there, is a couple of different things. So if you have not watched Mystic River, I am going to go into not a whole lot of detail, but I am going to break this story down. So if you do not want to be spoiled, you might want to, you know, fast forward to the five words. But this movie contains... The guy who made his break in Wee's Playhouse. That's right, Lawrence Fishburne. It also contains Kevin Bacon, Tim Robbins, and the lead is Sean Penn. Sean Penn is playing a guy named Jimmy Markham. And this is set in Boston. Okay, so it's Jimmy Markham. It's the Markham brothers. Fucking savages. I love how this... Cocksucker. I like a good Boston movie. Cocksucker. When I tell you to put a body in the <laughs> mosh. <laughs> so, uh, Jimmy Markham, Sean Penn, is, he has a daughter who's played by Emmy Rossum, who is uh, the lead girl in Shameless, Fiona, uh, for several seasons. But one night, she goes out with her friends and just doesn't come home. And unfortunately, she's killed, and they're trying to find who the killers are and Sean Penn plays such a good role in this. I mean, just watching him cry, wondering if that's his daughter that died and Tim Robbins, Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn all grew up together. The very beginning of the movie shows these two cops coming over and getting mad at them for writing in cement, supposed cops. And they take the weakest one of the group, which was Tim Robbins. And they could tell because one kid's being a smart ass and yeah, you know, just Sean or uh, yeah, Sean Penn's character is a smartass. Well, you're not going to take the mouthy one. You're going to take the little bitchy kid or the, the little bitch kid. And they take this kid on a three day binge of him, if you will. They molested the shit out of, out of Tim Robbins, so he grows up very weird and quiet. Um, but they all still live in the same neighborhood. He ends up marrying Sean Penn's wife's cousin. The wife in this is. Uh, you watched Ozark, right? Nope. God damn it. Doesn't matter. Laura Linney. Laura Linney is the wife. There you go. It is, it's just, so all three guys are all still in the same neighborhood, but Kevin Bacon is a cop. And his partner is Lawrence Fishburne, and they're trying to solve Sean Penn's daughter's murder. I'm not going to give away the ending, because it's just so fucking good how it's done. But... There's one part where Tim Robbins is covered in blood, and now he they think that he's a suspect to the daughter's murder. He says that he killed a mugger, and then he tells his wife, I killed a mugger. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. And his story kind of changes a little bit every time that someone's talking to him about the whole situation. But Sean Penn gets to talking to him, and he's like, there was no mugger killed. I need you guys. Yeah, I need you to tell me the fucking truth right now. And he goes, all right, there was this boy getting molested. And 
I went in, I got the kid out of there, and I beat the fuck out of the guy, and I killed him. And they're like, we didn't see anything in the papers, man. And it's just, it sparked the Marty Jannetty thing. As soon as I, it, it, when that whole story is being told, I was like, sounds like a movie. Sounds like Mystic River. Sounds like Marty killed this guy. But um, the movie is just so well done. It The acting, I think, is just phenomenal. There's some good acting scenes, uh, that are like dialogue where people are just, I think it's one of Sean Penn's best movies. Let me say that. And I liked him in I Am Sam. He was in uh, Fast Times Regiment High, Bad Boys, whole, not the Martin Lawrence one. Uh, but just tremendous actor. This is absolutely, I think, his best role. Great movie. I really, really suggest you check it out. Um, I did suggest that to you, but you didn't. So you know, I'll get that. there. Maybe the one list. of our listeners will. It's on the list. Hey, as they say, leave it in the comments. Go Let's see go Oppenheimer and IMAX. It's amazing. Barbieheimer? That too. If you're into it, go for <laughs> it. Do you. Do Margo. Hey, here we go. We are out of time, apparently. Clock is... All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. It's been a lot of fun. We've talked a lot of, about some great things. We had we had Gats, we had Pegs, Super Soakers, Snickertoes. Ladies and gentlemen, five words from ODM. Arrested for assaulting a hooker. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by the Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are the Professor Mark Fantasia and ODM, the Doc Joe Rizzo. Feel free to reach out to the show by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com on their Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram page. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. You can listen to the show on most popular platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube. Without your continued support, it would be just some guys talking wrestling, which is pretty much what it is anyway. Good night, folks. Okay. As season seven started, it was Frank's Pretty Woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Roxy. Did you watch that entire episode? Oh, yeah. They just leave her in the hallway. <laughs> oh, my God. Roxy the whore. And then there's also... Uh, He's got diabetes. I, I was poisoned by my consumptuates. <laughs> oh, my God. That throwing... was crazy. <laughs> Mm, you're looking all sorts of good. <laughs> uh, and, uh, would you like an egg in these trying times? <laughs> yeah, he's got an egg. It's fuck. I love it, dude. Oh That's one of the best episodes. There's a, a meme, actually, I just saw. 
and it said, crazy, all this is in one episode. <laughs> and is it, wait, is Mac fat? Yup. He's just injecting, he's just doing fucking insulin like it's fucking heroin. <laughs> the way that Dennis, when they go, we could get crack from rocks, and he goes, do you want some insulin? He goes, no, I just want crack. That is one of my favorite fucking lines of all time. And then, uh, but in that uh, meme, it was like, all these just happen to be in one episode, and it's like the most epic. And it's Dennis and Mac at the doctor's office, Roxy. You have uh, Charlie throwing up on the girl. It's like this is one mega episode. And then isn't that where D starts calling them? Oh my god, what's it? Oh, oh my god, well, fuck it, baby dick. Baby With, dick. Uh, Roxy, oh, shut up, up, baby, baby dick. dick. <laughs> 